Think about where you were one year ago today. What were you planning for? Whether or not you planned for a new challenge, you got it. And most importantly, you succeeded. Cooking at home, learning at home, and banking at home. At Whitefish Credit Union, we understand you've been through a lot. And as you move through the year, just know we'll be right there at your side. This year, next year, and always. Whitefish Credit Union. Subject to membership eligibility. Welcome back to the Knock On Sports, and join me right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. It is a sports talk show host down in Tampa for WDAE. He's been, he's been covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been covering all Tampa Bay sports. Might as well call it uh, Champa Bay, the way things are going down there. It is Zach Blobner. Zach, thanks so much for the time, and welcome to the Knock On Sports. No, super happy to be here, and uh, super happy to be talking about championships. I mean, not uh, every day that you get to wake up and do these, you know, different radio hits around the country, and you're chatting about actual titles and trophies, and you know, uh, you got to soak up those moments and, and those periods of time when they come your way. Well, that's the thing, Zach. Let me start there. You cover Tampa Bay sports. You covered the Lightning when they won the Stanley Cup. Unfortunately, that wasn't in Tampa. Uh, you know, the Rays make their run to the World Series. Unfortunately, again, not in Tampa. But this one actually was. What's it been like as a sports talk show host getting to cover so many teams that have gone to the stage of, of trying to win a world championship? It's been a whirlwind. Um, you know, and it's funny, I, I actually was talking to one of my good friends uh, not in the industry about that yesterday. And I was just explaining to him, like, I've enjoyed the last five months so much, but I don't think I'll fully appreciate and understand what's happened here uh, again over the course of that time until a month from now or so, because it's just been one thing after the other, after the other. I mean, you know, God bless my fiance for not leaving me <laughs> in that five month span, because there was a week when literally it was like the lightning had, had just won the cup. The Rays were getting into the stretch of their season and the Bucks, you know, were starting or in their regular season there at the end. And there was a week where literally every night was like just a, a huge game in some capacity, whether it was playoffs for the NHL or whether it was, you know, seeding and, and for the MLB playoffs. And obviously every season in the NFL uh, season counts ten, ten, tenfold than a regular season game does for hockey or for baseball. But it's just, it's been so fun. Um, I, again, I just I don't think I'll fully appreciate it. I don't know if any fans in Tampa Bay will either uh, until you know after the parade's done and we're able to remove ourselves a little bit and just look back and be like, "Holy crap, how did this happen?" <laughs> and I was gonna say I'm still on cloud nine uh, after Sunday night getting to see uh, Tampa Bay win and hoist the Lombardi Trophy there. Uh, before we dive into this game, Zach, I also want to get your thoughts because the Super Bowl was in Tampa. I know the pandemic's been going on, so that limited festivities, that limited the number of people that could really just go out and have a good time the way a normal Super Bowl week in a city can have. But what was it like seeing the Super Bowl and all the things that the NFL brings to the table for Super Bowl week? Oh, it's phenomenal. And I think that the area, and definitely downtown Tampa, but the whole area of Tampa Bay was so prepared and so ready and faced it head on. And, you know, I think the one thing that we've preached a lot um, during the pandemic and COVID era is just to make the best out of whatever's in front of you. Uh, you know, we can only control so much. And uh, obviously it's easy to say that it was bittersweet, you know, watching all the things happen sports-wise and not being able to be at Amelie for the Bolts or be at the Trop for the Rays or even the 25% percent capacity for the Super Bowl you know yeah there were a lot of Bucks fans that were able to kind of watch the team in Ray J this year but not the same as usual but to embrace again the situation and just make the most out of it so you know I think the city kind of put on a great show all the banners everything that they did from the Super Bowl experience to 
the version of Radio Row that we had this year um, were still a ton of fun. It was still, you know, a bump up from what we expected in a normal year, not having the Super Bowl in town. And although it might have only been a sliver of what we could have had uh, in a normal year, quote unquote, it was still a blast. And, um, you know, look, I think the excitement and the people around town that were, you know, whether they were going to the bars or going to the social uh, different experiences and events around were still just as excited, still had just as much fun um, and did so in a safe way for the most part, I think, leading up to the game, you know, as far as social distancing, using masks and just the precautions that are put in place to kind of keep us, uh, you know, in, a, in an area where we're allowed to get together. So. I just think all around that, you know, again, leading up to kickoff, it, we made the most out of it here locally, and I think the memories are going to last forever for all of us. I think more Super Bowls should be played in Tampa, but uh, do you think Tampa Bay is going to get another Super Bowl sooner than the last time, considering what was it, 2009 when the Steelers and the Cardinals played? That was the last Super Bowl Tampa had? Yeah, you know, I think my gut's telling me just based on how well it was, you know, taken care of this year that it will be back in less than a decade, in less than 10 years. Um, you know, I don't think necessarily the next four or five, but my gut's telling me the next six to eight, I, I would think that they would bring one back sooner rather than later. I mean, you think about it, like you just mentioned in the past Super Bowl, and, and there's been several here in Tampa Bay, about every 10 years there is one. Um, but, you know, rather than wait until like 2035, you know, I, I would hope, and I do think that it's realistic to believe that the NFL will bring one back again in the next six to eight. And it just really, um, you know, almost as like a, a thank you to the city and the area uh, for, for handling it and, and putting on the, the, the biggest game in the world, you know, in, in the environment and the climate that we're in right now, to be able to do that in the way that Tampa Bay did, it just, it, it garners that kind of recognition and that gift of hopefully an earlier, sooner, sooner Super Bowl than we would have had here locally. We're talking to Sports Talk Show host Zach Blobner from WDAE down there in Tampa as we're getting his thoughts on Super Bowl 55. Zach, talking about the game here, we could go so many ways with this thing. Everyone's going with the defense, and certainly, most definitely, holding Kansas City in that offense to no touchdowns, and I think that was the first time since 2017. Uh, but after everything's done here, we've had you know 48 hours since the Super Bowl. What for you is the biggest storyline coming out of this game? Man, I, I, and like you said, there certainly is a ton of them. Um, I mean, it'd be impossible for me not to start with the pass rush from mm. the Buccaneers. I think it was Tampa Bay's biggest edge heading into the game, if you're looking at it from a unit perspective. I mean, they get Vita Vea back in the middle, and we saw the impact he can have on a game up in Green Bay as the Bucks beat the Packers at Lambeau. But uh, Shaq Gerd and JPP, kind of just that dynamic duo, being able to just constantly create nightmares for Patrick Mahomes, I mean, He's a former MVP, right? A Super Bowl champ. I guarantee he woke up in the middle of the night last night screaming, Shaq, JPP. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just like they were menacing. Um, I mean, and that's the thing, like watching the game, we knew that they were going to be able to get to him. But you assume that at some point he was going to get to them too, right? Like at one point or another, he was going to burn them for like a 40-yard run or throw like a 50-yard bomb or just have some kind of big play. It never really happened. And, and that's because... Again, they were relentless. Like, just imagine driving a car and you're flooring it the whole time on a full tank of gas, and you do that from like one side of the country to the other. You never let up. Like, that's basically what they did. It's so crazy. It's so unrealistic, but it was reality. It was what happened. And it's, you know, a big reason why the Bucs won the Super Bowl. Almost 500 yards, a next gen stat 
covered in ground and running by Patrick Mahomes. Not positive yardage, just in general from back and forth, side to side, back, you know, pedaling and just running all over again in the backfield. He covered almost 500 yards being chased around by those guys. It's it's an insane number. It was an insane insane night for them. And I mean, it just there's no other reason really to point to how everything else came together aside from that. Now, if I had to pick on offense, I know Brady won the MVP. Certainly his leadership and the things he did uh, resonated throughout the team. But I would actually pick Gronk. I think, you know, those first two touchdowns really were just something that emphasized how important he was to the team, too. And as much as we talk about the leadership that Brady brings, I don't think we talk enough about the energy and the looseness that a guy like Gronk has brought to this team. Like, everybody's always having fun, and as focused as they are because of Brady, they're able to actually let loose and be the best version of themselves uh, because of Gronk, I think. And I think that's equally as important. That's something we maybe didn't talk about enough throughout the course of the season and the postseason, is that for what Brady brought to this team and, and just infiltrated in all the personalities thanks to his own, Gronk did that with himself, too. And, and that's a big part, both uh, on the X's and O's side, and the personality side of what this Bucks offense brought to the table and why they were able to put points on the board. Zach, we saw Tampa Bay do what they did in the NFC title game. Score a touchdown right before half off a Green Bay mistake because I don't know what Kevin King was thinking. But at the same time, Kansas City made a very similar mistake. Uh, obviously, it wasn't a blown coverage, but again, they gave Brady time right before half, and it kind of felt like, I know Tampa Bay didn't win the game before halftime because there was still a whole lot of football left, and I felt like Kansas City could still make a comeback, but it certainly, looking back now, felt like both games is where Tampa Bay won them was by getting touchdowns right before halftime. Yeah, especially when you consider Kansas City was going to get the ball to start the second, right? Like, to your point, you know, I think that's when Really, in my head, I, I was like, okay, this this is the Bucks game to lose. As long as they don't implode, they're going to be Super Bowl champs because Kansas City had the ball, and, and this is before the touchdown right before half. Kansas City, or I should say, uh, you know, Mike Evans and the pass interference, this is before that. Kansas City had the ball, and I'm watching the game, and I'm like, all right, Patrick Mahomes, it's probably about the time in the game when he's going to take the Chiefs down, they'll score, they'll start with the ball, and all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, a close back-and-forth game again. Well, they didn't score a touchdown. And then the Bucks got on the board again. And then really where it turned for me was when Kansas City was unable to score out of the half with the ball first. I, in my head, I was like, it's over. I cut the cigar. I got the lighter out. I was like, we're, we're in a place now where the Bucks are going to hoist the Lombardi trophy. And, I, you know, that's always a scary thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. at what point do you believe that it's over? Do you have to see the clock hit zero, uh, zero, zero, zero? Like, does that have to happen? Um, you know, and most times I would say yes. But again, based on the fact that Kansas City was just unable to score and the Bucks consistently were, um, after the Chiefs were did not get that touchdown coming out of halftime, I knew it was over. Zach, how much credit does the secondary deserve as well? I know we talked about the pass rush, and when you have a menacing pass rush that can really help the guys in the back end, but I thought those guys played pretty well. How much credit do they deserve too? Yeah, a ton. Uh, I mean, and look, here's the thing. Like, did they have a game where they were just constantly, like, picking off Mahomes and they could send extra blitzers because the guys were all playing man. Like, not necessarily. But the one thing I say for them and the linebackers is that they just tackled so well. I mean, they didn't let Tyreek Hill slip through their fingers and go off for, you know, again, 50, 60-yard touchdowns. Like, it's one thing to give up the underneath routes and to let guys get some catches. And Kelsey had a bunch of those as well. Um, but if you tackle those guys and you're gang tackling them and getting to them, and that takes a total team effort, then, then it's all good. It's all good, especially when you're – watching their offense kick field goals and your guys led by Tom Brady are able to get into the end zone 
time after time after time again. I mean, the coverage was solid, and again, there was a lot of help there. But I credit the secondary and the linebackers with the tackling that they just showed all night, just form tackles, didn't let guys get loose, uh, despite the talent that the Chiefs have and that they boast. And the speed, the speed on the Chiefs, I'm mm-hmm. just shocked that, you know, all night long they were able to consistently tackle the Buccaneers defenders were. And it's just a lot of credit all around. And, you know, look, Todd Bowles, again, D.C., drew up a great game plan, and the players, you know, perfected it on the field. It's interesting, Zach, because I go back to the first championship. Obviously, I don't know if it's more star power. Maybe it was because those names were well more well-known. Those guys actually were voted to Pro Bowls. Unfortunately, our guys, I don't know why only one in the defense made it to the Pro Bowl. It doesn't matter. But at the same time, it's funny because the 2002 championship team relied on defense. This team relied on defense to win them the Super Bowl. Granted, it didn't come with three pick sixes. But just interesting how two decades later, it's still defense that wins a Super Bowl for this organization. Oh, yeah. I mean, and look, I know the old adage, like, defense wins championships. Um, I think the fun part now for Bucks fans, though, is while you look at those two teams and compare them, it's which team would win, right? Mm-hmm. Like, does the team that hoisted Lombardi back in 2003 or the team that hoisted it here in 2021, like, if they went head-to-head, who would win? And I, I, I think, although I still give the edge uh, pretty easily to the defense, um, you know, in that first Lombardi winning team, you got Tom Brady on this year's. And if you're talking about two teams going head-to-head, I, I think I would actually give the overall edge uh, to this this year's squad. And maybe that's some reason to be biased, but we'll see. You know, this is the other cool part, of, too, when you compare the defenses. Obviously, right now, like today, despite the fact that they're Super Bowl champs, the 0-3 defense had all these Hall of Famers, including John Lynch, who just got in as well. And you're like, well, you know, JPP is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, Levante David, I don't think, is there right now. Although here in Tampa Bay, we love him. I don't think nationally... He may, may, may not be at that level in the national mind. It'll be interesting to see. But you also have so many of these young guys that, like, if you ask me in five years, you know, and obviously we'll see how the postseason plays out and what happens next, but the future is so bright for guys like Devin White and Vita Vea, and hopefully Shaq Darren Steele happens and he sticks around for a long time. But then the, the secondary, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, Antoine Winfield, uh, Jordan Whitehead, Mike Edwards, they're all young, they're all second first second third year guys so yeah right now easily the edge goes to that 03 team but in five years i wouldn't be shocked if we're saying hey easily the edge goes to these new guys they might have two super bowls under their belt by then right now we are with zach blobner sports talk show host for wdae down in tampa as we're talking about super bowl 55 and zach that leads to my next question devin white Love watching him play, and it kind of feels like to me he's not the same player as Derek Brooks, but it feels like Devin White's going to have a very similar impact in the way he's going to be the type of linebacker Derek Brooks was uh, during the run up to that Super Bowl and even after uh, as well. What do you think about the Devin White Derek Brooks comparison? Well, I'd say the biggest difference is one rides horses around a whole lot, more, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean. Devin with his his stable, that's probably the biggest difference. Um, you know, that being said, though, both very engaging guys, both very team-oriented. Um, you know, I think Devin's actually a little bit more vocal, too, even though Derek Brooks underrated as a vocal leader when he was on the field. Um, but they're very comparable. And ironically, when he was drafted, because it was such a high draft pick uh, by the Bucks for a linebacker, and there were other guys on the board that could have potentially been taken, the one thing we talked about a lot on the morning show at WDAE was he has to be like a Patrick Willis type of impact. 
if he isn't one of the best, if not the best linebacker in the league, like it was a waste of a pick, even if he ends up being a good or just slightly above average player. Well, to this point in his career, minus the injuries, he has been that guy. He has been that good. And he's going to be around for, for hopefully a long time playing at that level specifically. So I think, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's definitely a comparison there with him and Brooks. And, um, man, just the, the difference in this Bucks team from that Washington game to the Saints, Packers, and Chiefs game, the defense played on another level. Uh, and that was, in my opinion, a lot because of Dev- Devin White, who did miss that Washington, that wild card game. I mean, just look at the difference when he came back against New Orleans. So he, he's the energy guy, he's the hype man, but he's also super smart and a hell of a player cerebrally. Zach, my final question for you. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2003, it felt like they could definitely contend once again. That defense was still very much intact. They did lose Dexter Jackson in the offseason. You thought the offense would get better. Obviously, that didn't happen, and things kind of went off the rails. But for this team, I know they still got some free agency questions. You mentioned Shaq Barrett. Got to figure out what to do with uh, Chris Godwin as well. Got to sign back Levante David. Can this team uh, be a contender again and try and run it back? 100%. Um, I mean, and here's the thing, though. I'll say this. As bright as the future is for certain units, clearly Tom Brady, like, father time's going to catch him at some point. I don't know when that is. I would never bet against him. I've learned my lesson throughout the last 21 years uh, <laughs> at different points with TV 12 Like, I'm, I've lost enough money when I have bet against him, and I'll never do it. But with that being said, realistically, at some point, his arm is, is not going to be able to throw as deep as he can. And he showed this season that he's still at the top of his game physically. He's still good to go. And there's no logical reason to believe that he'll drop off next year. But we've seen it with every quarterback at one point or another. It does happen. And the avocado toast is helping, but father time will catch him. I hope it's not next season. I don't anticipate it being next season. Uh, But if it's not next year, certainly it would be the year after or maybe at the most, in my opinion, the year after that. So although there are a lot of young players on this Bucks team and some free agent questions, and they are Super Bowl champs, the window is very short or small or almost closing, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because your leader, your guy, Tom Brady, you don't know how much longer he'll be able to do what he's doing, hopefully next year, hopefully the year after. But that's still like you're maximizing. Yeah, maybe a couple more years, right? So I do think there's a lot of optimism and that they can compete and go back to that next season, uh, regardless of free agency and the draft, because of Tom Brady. As long as his arm is still doing what it did this season, they will be in a position to compete for a Super Bowl. My featured guest, Zach Blomner from WDAE in Tampa, sports talk show host there, and you can follow him on Twitter at Zach on the mic. Zach, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate your insight as well, man. You have yourself a great rest of your night. Hey, you as well. I appreciate you. Enjoy.